It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. What's good, Wizards fans? It's your host, The Real Ed Oliver, and my guy, Brandon Scott, The Wizards. Open up the season, the home season opener with a dub over the Grizzlies. We're going to talk about that and in an injury update and a preview of the Boston Celtics game tomorrow. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Wizards, your daily Washington Wizards podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today's episode is brought to you by Price Picks, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to pricepicks.com slash locked on NBA and use code all lowercase locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. And my name is the real Ed Oliver. We got my guy, Brandon Scott, of course. We are live right now and lit. The Wizards get their first win over the Memphis Grizzlies, 106, 106 to 113. Uh, Brandon, what was your main reasons why the Wizards came out victorious against the Memphis Grizzlies? Uh, ball movement, man. Team basketball. You know, they were very fluent in moving the ball around, finding open looks. Um, and I get it. If you look at Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma, who led all Wizards scores. Uh, with um, Jordan Poole scoring 27 points and Kuzma 21. Now, efficiency, as we know, is not the name of the game for either one of those guys. But, you know, Kuzma did struggle in the first half. I mean, overall, shooting 9 for 23 overall and 1 for 10 from 3. But he had his moment, especially that dunk, man. That dunk was the perfect example of ball moving, man. I mean, that was a very sexy play. Um, but looking at this starting unit, man, like I said, Poole and Kuzma, they did what they did best. Again, efficiency. Is an issue. Um, five turnovers for Jordan Poole, but look, they're kind of finding their games. And like I said, we know the good and bad and ugly as far as both Kyle Kuzma and Jordan Poole. So it's that it's just like it's as expected. Excuse me. Um, looking at Tyus Jones, man, 14.7 assists. This is what my expectations are for him. Seven assists plus, man. He's finding an open shooter, he's dishing the ball out, but shooting four for bay from three. He can contribute on the perimeter. He's definitely another threat that. Teams are going to start to take, you know, take notice on the perimeter. Uh, looking at Turbo, man, 27 minutes with 10.6 rebounds, one steal. You know, and um, I think we both mentioned it, man, that we wanted to see him be more um, aggressive with a three-point shot, two for three for three. So, you know, he definitely, shot, you know, hit a couple threes. And the Landlord, man, a dub-dub, 10 points, 11 rebounds. Um, obviously, we're going to talk about his injury. Um, you know, obviously, we're hoping his, in, um, his ankle injury gets better. But, you know, two blocks, I felt like he looked better. You know, he had some moments where he, you know, athleticism showed. But, again, you know, you do see kind of what his, you know, his his skills that only go so far. You know, you know Xavier Tillman, you know, you can argue now what, what kind of performance. And let me say this, man, look, a win is a win. You know, a win is a win. But, you know, with Steven Adams there would have been, you know, 
that might have changed things around. Obviously, John Morant went there, but like I said, I'll take the win, man. Um, and then finally, Corey Kisper, you know, he kind of disappeared the second half, man. But in that first half, I mean, overall 22 points, eight for 14, shot 50% for three, five for 10. Um, so he looked good. I mean, he was hitting the jumpers, you know, he, he was hitting the spots, shot release was fast. So I have no complaints with that. So the, the, the starting unit looked really, really good, man. Um, now looking at the bench, um, Delon Wright, like I said, as far as points, um, you don't expect him to light up the point sheet when it comes to points, you know. But I mean, overall, before I really get into the second unit, overall, nine steals, five blocks. So nine steals shows you that this team was very active in the defensive end. They were getting in the passing lanes. They, they did a lot of energy on the defensive end. And so, like I said, it was a, this was a total team victory. But the second unit, um, questionable a little bit that Koulibaly only got 14 minutes. They did uh, no points, one rebound. Look, we're going to have to expect this as far as, you know, his offensive game is going to come along. Minutes will get higher. Uh, only 11 minutes for Muscala. Uh, I mean, DeLon, like I said, um, on the defensive end, two steals, one block, he was very active. But I, in my humble opinion, man, they need another guy off the bench that's going to provide some points outside of Kiss. Now, obviously, Johnny Davis comes back, so where does he fit into the rotation? We'll talk about that in a little bit. But overall, he, um, very happy. It was, very, it was a really good team victory. I'm not going to look at the fact that no John, no John Morant, no Steven Adams. You'll take a win. You know, we, we said it last year, man. Everybody deals with injuries. So you're not going to go against a complete lineup every time out. So you got to take advantage of these type of matchups when you have injuries in key positions. And they took advantage of it. That ball movement looked really, really good. And, you know, we're going to preview the, the Celtics game, man. But if we have a chance, it, it, it is with ball movement. Catching defenses off guard with fluid ball movement. And they look good tonight. This was a team victory overall, man, and it, and it looked good. Yeah, they did. They don't win this game without Corey Kispert uh, putting up 22 in the first half. I mean, he just got really, really hot. But just a team effort. I mean, I am I was just really uh, – I'm not going to say surprised, but I was impressed by their rebounding. They tied 45 to 45. A ball movement like you brought up. Tyus Jones is a guy that just, you know, he kind of uh, weathers the storm and, and yeah. just kind of – He's not, not, a, not a floor general, but he just he, he just settles the guys down, settles the troops. And he's really been hot from three. Uh, let me look at how many threes that he made. But he's really been hot from three to start off the season. He hit four threes, four for eight, seven assists, and only how many turnovers do they have? He had zero turnovers, seven assists to zero turnovers. DeLon Wright also uh, was great in the turnover, uh, assist to turnover ratio as well, seven assists to only one turnover. But, uh, of course, they started off hot. They had a, the largest lead was 25. The yeah. third quarter was a little rough from the, for them. It kind of it concerned me a little bit. It looked like one of those games where West Huntsville Jr. has – we're up by 25 or 20 points. We have a 15-point lead, and we almost blow it. Um, but we weathered the storm. We made some adjustments. We took better shots. The shot selection was off. Uh, Coos and Poole, they were off in the first half. He took some questionable shots. Jordan Poole had a bad turnover in the in the uh, late in the game, but he bounced back, got to the basket, finished strong, made some really nice passes to Gafford. He missed a shot, and the Kuzma had a nice putback. So Kuz and Poole, they had a roller coaster game, but for the most part, they they really took over in that second half. And Kuz rebounded the ball well, did other things uh, than just score. He ended up with thirteen boards. Gafford, we talked so much about Gafford, <laughs> and you know we've given him a tough time, we've given yeah. him a hard time, which rightfully so. He's he's earned. Some of the tough, tough uh, critiques from us. Yeah. But he stepped up big. He got hurt and came back in. We're going to talk about his uh, status for tomorrow as well a little bit later. But, yeah, he had a tough ankle, a bad ankle injury, came back in, played well. And, yes, I do agree with your point about Steven Adams and 
Um, John Morant being out, I think that's a big factor. But I'm not going to take away from the win. A win is a win. I'll take yeah. it, especially at home. You got to take care of business. They still have good players. Desmond Bain's a good player. Jaron Jackson Jr., he was defensive player of the year last year. Marcus Smart is a good player. He's been in the playoffs multiple times with the Celtics. Yeah. Um, Zaire Williams is not bad. He's he's a, a young player that looks better. Derrick Rose, you know, he's a he's a veteran. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I thought they did a good job against him. But, um, yeah, it was a team effort, man. You had, what, six guys in double figures, one, two, yeah. three, four, five, six. And Denny, Denny, is he's playing well, too. I love – his confidence right now. He had a really nice half spin move, got to the basket and finished well. Did miss one layup, but he hit a three as well. He's shooting off the dribble and he just looks confident out there. He played good defense on Jaron Jackson Jr. as well. He held him. Uh, he did a good job on Jaron Jackson Jr. In the, in the second half as well. Uh, the only negatives really is just that third quarter. And uh, also, Bilal, he just looked like a young, he looked like a rookie. He yeah, looked like yeah. a rookie last night, you know, yeah. and there's going to be growing pains. And uh, he's going to have up and down games. He's going to have some good games defensively and then just offensively. He's got a little ways to go. Uh, so you're going to see some nice like that. He got blocked. He got stripped as well. So, uh, you know, you just saw you just saw a rookie performance from Bilal Koulibaly. He'll, he'll definitely bounce back. I see some people saying that, you know, he should start and he plays better as a starter. Just right now, I don't see him as a no starter. Way. I think Denny yeah. is just – he's further along. And Denny's supposed to be further along. You know, yeah. this is his fourth year in the league. So this is that's the way it's supposed to be. But uh, overall, good effort. They shot a lot of threes. They got a lot <laughs> of threes up. And uh, that's that's what they keep saying on the NBC Sports Washington broadcast. That's what Wes Elster Jr. said. He wants to get up 40 threes a game. And they certainly did that. 16 for 46 from the three, which is a lot better than what they did against the Pacers. And they got to the free throw line a lot. They had 22 free throws compared to the Grizzlies' nine, which is huge. 45 to 45 rebounds. Uh, they cut down on the turnovers. They had 24 assists to 12 turnovers. So that was huge. That was a, that was a big tail of the tape right there. 42 points on the paint more than the Grizzlies as well. So they took advantage of the Grizzlies being small and just having a smaller lineup with Xavier Tillman out there and no Steven Adams. So uh, I said my cap to the Wizards, man. They played well. I don't know how the seats looked with the new uh, suites and whatnot. Also, <laughs> people complain about that. But uh, overall, I'm, I'm happy with the win. I'm happy with the dub. They'll be all right, man. Let's drink some Hennessy. You'll be all right. <laughs> Shout out to Hennessy. <laughs> um, right. You know, like you said, man, a good team victory, man. But I, I, I have a couple of concerns. I'm saying that, and especially – you know, you know, a lot of people saying they want Bilal to start. Look, man, um, Bilal has a lot. I mean, look, we obviously know that his offensive game is going to come along, but I don't know if you notice he, but he's they're going to have to work with him how to create. When he gets the ball in his hands, man, very often than not, he doesn't go too far and he's passing it up. Like he, you know, he, he, you know what I'm saying? Like he, he has to learn to be a creator as far as you know driving the lane. You know, I haven't seen him drive the lane many times unless he's been set up to do so. You know, so I like to see his offensive game as far as creating for himself, putting the ball on the floor a lot more, get better, in my opinion, you know, as far as his offensive game. Obviously, the defensive game is there. But, you know, like you said, he looked like a rookie, supposed to look like a rookie. Um, he's going to come along. I have all the faith in the world in Bilal and in his development. And like you said, you know, Denny's supposed to be farther along. So um, I definitely think he is the starter at small forward right now, for the time being, for the, for the foreseeable future, because he's more polished as far as creating more shots, you know, putting the ball on the floor. But, no, I mean, it's a good team victory. Like I said, Kisper looked really good on the bench. I mean, but like I said, I think that we need another guy on the bench who's – because, look, Kisper's going to – there's going to be times when his shot's not going to drop. Mm-hmm. We need another guy who's going to step up in the second unit to be that guy to kind of pick up the slack because, again, DeLon Wright is not a scorer. You know, he's a guy who's a defensive-minded guy, orchestrator. Um, so, you know, I'm kind of looking at – you know, I want to see Bilal kind of 
get more involved offensively. Uh, you know, 14 minutes just ain't good. You know, I want to see more minutes for a young guy who's trying to develop. And Johnny Davis, you know, like I said, we are definitely going to talk about him next. But, you know, could he be that guy to maybe provide a little spark on the bench as far as scoring? We'll see. So, no, you know, in closing, as far as this game, man, really good team victory. And the ball movement looked really good. So I was impressed, man. You know, it was a good win for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's West drew up some good plays. There was a play where uh, Kuz had a yeah. nice open dunk off of a cut to the basket. Uh, they definitely had some open looks, and he drew up some some uh, plays to get Corey Kispert open. Kispert hit some tough shots. Oh yeah. Uh, once again, yeah, we we don't win that game without Kispert. Five for ten from the three point line, twenty two points. Eight for fourteen from the field. He had a nice and one as well. So I mean, he did what he's supposed to do. He was drafted to be the best shooter in the draft, and uh, he he certainly looked like it. He hit an and one. I mean, they they really couldn't stop him that first half. They 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 held him. They definitely did a better job defending Corey Kispert in the second half, but. He made it easier for other guys to get baskets just because he was shooting the ball well. They just the defense rotated to Corey Kisper and they really wanted to make sure that he didn't even get the basketball time. So I gotta I gotta get my props to, to Corey Kisper. He had a rough, he had a tough first game and he bounced back and played really well. He didn't his preseason was a little up and down too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I love the way that he played out there for sure. I, I love the way that Danny played last night too. But uh we're gonna get to injury updates and uh preview the Boston Celtics game. Then we're gonna get to comments, but before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by Price picks. Uh, make sure you guys uh, use Price picks. Price picks is the most fun uh, DFS fantasy uh, sports app. Uh, I'm having so much fun using it this basketball season and football season. You just select two more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Uh, Price picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. This week on Prize Picks, they don't have the props up for tomorrow, but I was off. Uh, if you would have picked Jordan Poole over 22 and a half uh, points, you definitely would have hit on that. Or even Corey Kispert over what one and a half or two and a half threes. Mm-hmm. Trying to pull up some of the props. But uh, earlier, I'll say this, earlier today, I did have Terry McLaurin over four and a half receptions. I hit on that, and I did have A.J. Brown for the Eagles to get over <laughs> five and a half receptions. So uh, A.J. Brown certainly smashed the five and a half receptions. Terry barely got over the four and a half. Uh, he had two drops that really, really hurt, but he, he definitely hit over the over. So that's just an example for you guys. Always, always take the over on Terry McLaurin's receptions, and you always might as well take the over on A.J. Brown's receptions as well. Uh, and then also prize picks, they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discounts select players' projections up to 25% to provide even more value. Prize picks now offers Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. With the prize picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. Make sure you guys check it out. Go to PrizePix.com slash LockedOnNBA. Use code LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to 100. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by JJ and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Uh, and then make sure the Locked On Ultimate NBA Season Preview is here. A six-episode series with all 30 of our Locked On NBA team shows, from contenders to tankers. We go in-depth into the biggest storylines heading into the season. Catch all six episodes on Locked On NBA or you, on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, uh, think about the game yesterday. Jordan Poole, he shot a three, and then he turned around. He tried to do like a <laughs> yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> Steph Curry kind of thing. And there were some times where he tried to look like – it looked like an NBA mixtape and one mixtape where he's just dribble, dribble, dribble. And, and that's just a part of his game. So sometimes it's going to be a little frustrating. Kuzma, you know, he gets a lot of shots up well. He just didn't shoot the ball well. But I'm happy that Kuz did other things like rebound. Just, just looking at the numbers, Kuz was one for 10 from three. Jordan Poole shot four for 12 from three, which is not great, but, you know, it's fine, about 30%. Denny was two for three from, from the three-point line. I like that. But, yeah, you, you're just going to get some – and I see a comment about Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuz, so we can talk about it later. But, yeah, you're just going to – you're going to get some frustrating moments from those two. Yeah. But I thought in the second half they, they certainly <laughs> stuffed up. Yeah, you definitely will have those moments where you're going to be a little pissed off. But, um, like, let's say we all, we all know the MO behind their games, man. They're both – you know, ISO heavy guys who um, are going to shoot their fair share of shots. But, you know, still, you know, I like what they did. You know, um, Kuzma stayed aggressive. You know, he very well, you know, he struggled mildly in the first half, man. But he stayed aggressive. And Jordan Poole, you know, he, he's got ways to go as far as, you know, maturity on the court. You know, obviously, you know, not a good look when you turn around and you, you clank it. You know, you got to hit those shots if you're going to turn around, man. Because uh, Stafford, he hit that shot. So um, I kind of want to see that stem down a little bit, man. Just focus on the game. You know, I, you know, I get it. You're young. You're having fun. You know, but you want to have that mama mentality too, you know. Not too much fun. You know, focus on destroying your opponents. So, but, you know, like I said, I think that the more that this coaching staff kind of works with Jordan Poole, the more, you know, he, he gets into the leadership role and being that guy, you know, you're going to start seeing him work on that efficiency. You know, because he's got, you know, because for him to be successful in the long run, he's got to be able to utilize the talent around him, you know. So we'll see because, you know, notice um, Tyus is the point guard, obviously. But look, the ball is in Jordan Poole's hands a lot, bringing the ball up, man. So he's definitely plays point a lot. So, you know, I just want to see him utilize the guys around him. But it, like I said, you know, team victory, because you saw a lot of guys step up. Kispert was gold, man. His shot was fluid. He looked good. You know, Denny looked good and Tyus looked good. So. No, it was it was a beautiful victory, man. Just a team win, and that's all you can ask for from a team like this, who's a rebuilding team, who's trying to find that chemistry together. So, yeah. right, one hundred percent. All right, so we're going to some of the injury updates here. So this is from uh, Josh Robinson, the Athletic. He says Daniel Gafford did not practice today after he turned his left ankle during the second quarter of Saturday's victory over the Grizzlies, but played extensively and well in the second half. Gafford said he's not sure about his status for Monday's game against the Celtics. Uh, Excuse me. And then also Johnny Davis is available tomorrow to make his season debut per the Wizards injury report. Um, it's unclear to where Davis will fit into the rotation. 
Uh, we'll see about that. And then also Landry Shamet is still out with the toe injury. So what are your thoughts about the injury updates? Uh, you know, what are you expecting from Johnny tomorrow? And um, what do you think about Gafford? Do you, what's your, what's your gut feeling on him playing? And if we don't have him, uh, how do you see the wizards moving forward tomorrow? Ooh, man, I think he will play. Cause you know, I, I've twisted my ankle many a times playing ball, man. And that's not easy to come back from. Um, usually when you try to play on it, it gets worse. So we'll see, you know, how it is um, early in the day tomorrow, man, um, what his true status is. But that's a hit, man, because, I mean, as center, where do you go? I mean, you, you can't really play small ball because Christoph Zingas is the center. So, you know, that's a hard matchup for Gallo or Coos, man, to play small ball center. So, you know, again, we need to pick up another center. You know, we got to pick up another center, in my opinion. You know, this is just, you know, one injury – or, or foul trouble, you're already hurting as far as your rotation at the center position. So they got to pick up another center. Um, Johnny Davis, where does he slot in? That's a good question, man, because Kisper's looking good at two guard on the second unit, man. We're Blau playing the three. So where do you find minutes for him? You know, if they, it may, I definitely believe that Blau needs more than 14 minutes, you know, but that's the thing, you know, that eats into potential minutes for Johnny Davis. So, you know, I don't really have much expectations for Johnny Davis because I don't really know where he fits in the rotation, you know what I mean? What they have going on now works. And it's going to get, you know, even more muddier when, you know, you try to get Shamet into the rotation. So it's going to be interesting where West goes, man, because he's got to try to piece together, you know, play, you know, enough minutes for Shamet to showcase himself to be included into a deal to deadline. But then, you know, it's very vital that he finds minutes for Bilal and Johnny Davis because the development is, is key. So, you know, I don't want his job right now, man. I mean, that's a hard job to find minutes for everybody. It really is. But, I mean, if you look at I can kind of see where you can take away from. Um, I don't – right now in the rebuild, we're not trying to compete. I don't want to see 35 minutes of Kuz and, J, you know, Jordan Poole. Maybe give them 30. You know, that's 10 minutes right there. So, that's 25 minutes for Bilal. You know, or, you know, it's, to me, you know, I just don't see the reason why they need 35. We're not really trying to make a push. You know, so 30 minutes to me is sufficient for those two guys, man. So, yeah, maybe that's the way you get minutes, but still, even then, I don't see where he fits in. I just don't, man. It's, so it's a tall task to see what West does. Yeah, Shamet. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see if they try to showcase him to get his trade value up. He is a shooter, so he can definitely shoot. But it is it's a it's a log jam of that two guard spot. Uh, like you brought up with Kispert. Jordan Poole, of course, is going to start, but you got Johnny Davis coming back at the two yeah. as well. Kispert can play the three. So, you know, he is he is um, versatile, has some position flex. Uh, Poole, yeah, I would definitely let him – I would still let him play about 35. If he's hot, then, you know, 40 if it's a close game. But, of course, Wes yeah. is coached for his job, so he's trying to win. You know, he's he's going to play the best guys that he's got. Kuzma's going to play a lot of minutes, especially if he plays well like that. Uh, rebounding the ball. How many minutes did they play last night? Uh, Kuz had 36. Jordan Poole had 36. I think that's about right, and that's a close game, too. And then, yeah. of course, when we waved the white flag, they played about 25 minutes. So yeah. I can see about, yeah, 30 – in the, within that range, about 30 to 35 minutes each yeah. night for about Jordan, for Jordan Poole and Kyle Kuzma, especially especially in close games. Gafford played 28 minutes. If he didn't get hurt, he probably would have played – he has to play that amount because we just don't have any bigs at all. Yeah. So, um, But, yeah, I can see Kuz around that range. And then Bilal, 14 minutes. You know, if he would have – if he didn't struggle as much, he might have got more minutes. But, yeah, with, with Shemek coming back and Johnny Davis coming back, yeah, that's a lot of guys that are going to be playing because now it's going to be a, about 11-man rotation. Gill, Anthony Gill didn't play. Uh, Eugene didn't play. Those are the only two guys that didn't play. Yeah. 
yeah, the rotation is, is, is going to be tough for West because he's trying to win. He's going to he's coaching to win and prove a point and prove that he can, you know, win in this league, of course. So uh, he definitely has a lot of tough decisions on the table for sure. But uh, we're going to get to the comments and preview the game. But before we do that, today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I, NFL. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. I did win a parlay this uh, earlier today. I had A.J. Brown getting a touchdown, anytime touchdown score. I had Raheem Mostert, anytime touchdown score. And I had Travis Etienne as a anytime touchdown score. So I did hit on that parlay. And then I used a profit boost, and it was plus went from plus 55 583 to plus 849. So I had a nice hit. What? Well, yeah. I see you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. All right. So we're going to get into a preview. And um, Lamar Odom, uh, speaking of FanDuel, he says, Celsius are 10 point favorites tomorrow night. Uh, also, right. uh, Gallinari, don't forget, don't forget about that. Gallinari was very upset that he got traded from Celtics and he wants his revenge. So, what are your thoughts about the Celtics here? And uh, what are your keys to victory? Um, I think it's going to be a tough task, man. This is a championship contending team. If not probably the best team in the East, man, I don't know how people feel about Dame and Giannis, but to me, Boston's the team to beat in the Eastern Conference because they're, 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 their starting unit is loaded. Now, I'm going to talk about their bench because that is definitely their Achilles heel. Um, but, you know, Drew Holiday, Derek White, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, and KP is your starting unit. I mean, that's a tough task, man. It's, um So, um. I got a couple of keys to victory. One, um, keep the ball movement going, man. Team basketball. Team basketball is how you deal with defensive teams, man. You know, you've got to be more fluent to battle defensive teams. And this is definitely a defensive team. Uh, two, man, I'm attacking. We got to win the battle of the benches. You know, their benches, their bench does not scare me. Al Horford is pretty much your highlighter on the second unit. I mean, looking at it right now, this is the current depth chart off of uh, ESPN. Uh, Peyton Pritchard, uh, Sam Hauser. You know, Delano Banton, I mean, none of these guys really scare me. And I don't think any of these guys are really going to stop anybody in our second unit, to be honest with you. So um, if we want to get the dub um, tomorrow night, man, we've got to keep this ball moving going, keep the energy on the defensive end, and we got to win the battle of the benches. Because I think that, you know, it, that's one question, man. You know, um, Gallo, 
seven minutes. I, that, that's one thing I didn't understand because I look at the stat line. He, he didn't have any foul issues. So, you know, um, was there an injury that I didn't see? I mean, seven. Yeah, it's, it's probably because he can just barely move. Yeah. That, that's probably why defensively he can just barely yeah. move. Because, I mean, yeah, I see that because of the ACL, but there's been times where you can see that score in him. Man. You can definitely shoot the ball. Um, he's, he's not going to win any foot races, that's for sure. So, yeah, that would be my three keys, man. I think that uh, we really got to win the battle of the benches because, you know, outside of Al Horford, man, the bench doesn't scare anybody. And I think that you're really, you know, as far as the fight in the Eastern Conference, that's going to be the Achilles heel of the Boston Celtics, their bench. They got to solidify their bench. Definitely, yeah. They Their bench, like you brought up, they have – just looking at the stats they had against the Heat, they won 119-111. Jalen Brown had 27. Tatum, 22. Chris Epps has looked pretty darn good. Porzingis yeah. has looked pretty darn good this season. 17-9. Uh, and nine. Drew Holiday, which is yeah. a, a really good pickup for them. 17 points, 10 boards, 7 assists. The Celtics are 2-0. Uh, Derek White, goodness, he had 28 points against the Heat. 5 <laughs> for 7 from 3. 9 for 15 from the field. So that's going to be a tough task guarding all those guys. Uh, Al Horford is at the tail end of his career, but of course he plays well against the Wizards whenever he plays against us. He was 0 for 6 against the Heat, and then Peyton Pritchard is, is he's a he's a good guard off the bench. But other than that, yeah, they got guys like Lamar Stevens, who's pretty good, Luke Cornett, uh, Svees Mahaluk, who can shoot the three. But other than that, they don't really have a lot of uh, no, a lot of horsepower, a lot of firepower yeah. coming off the bench. Uh, and, and like you brought up, uh, Corey Kispert, I think he's going to be huge. If he can knock down some threes, he probably won't be as hot as he was yesterday. But if he can come in and hit, you know, give you two to three threes and space the floor yeah. and get some bats a little bit, finish the transition. But uh, rebound is going to be key, man. They have a good rebounding team. Porzingis can rebound. Yeah. Uh, Drew Holiday's a heck of a rebounder. Jason Tatum had eight boards. He can rebound really well. Jalen Brown can rebound really well. He has six boards. Derek White had six boards. Al Horford had 10 boards. So uh, this is going to be a physical, tough matchup. And, you know, Jason Tatum, he plays well against us all the time, but uh, we're going to have to really rotate and communicate, get out to shooters, get back on defense because they like to run and get in transition as well. Ball moves going to be a huge and shot, shot selection. We cannot have bad shots turn into fast breaks. Jordan Poole, you know, I'm a big fan of his game, but, you know, shot selection is going to be huge for him. Same thing with yeah. Kyle Kuzma and uh, getting to the paint and, uh, and getting to the basket and finishing strong uh, just as a whole. But re- rebound it's, it's simple for me, rebounding. Transition defense and shot selection. Yeah. Going to be huge for the Wizards tomorrow night. No, I agree on all points, man. (laughs) If they follow that format that we just laid out, I think we're going to get that (laughs) done. Yes, sir. All right. We're going to get to a couple comments and then wrap up because we are going to see you guys tomorrow night live. Absolutely. Around 10 to 10 30. Probably read two or three. Big J52 says, Brandon the beard. Danny looked good, but it's at the expense of Be Cool, who I think needs to. Staying starting with Kuz and Pool. No, <laughs> shout out to my guy Big J, man. Um, nah, man, I, I don't think that Blau's ready to start yet, man. Defensively, he's there, but as far as put the ball on the floor and creating himself, man, he's just not there. Because I noticed from last night, and I've been watching him, man. When he gets the ball, it's just he has a hesitancy to drive the lane. You know, he's had open. You know, he's got to he's got to be willing to create for himself in the office of more. It's, you know. Because right now he's a catch and shoot guy, you know, and really, I mean, look, I don't, that's one thing we didn't mention, you know. They just, he got that, they got that block on him because that shot release just wasn't fast. You know, he took his time shooting that ball, and he got, he got swatted. So he's got to work on a shot release. He really does. And you know, right now he's a he's a catch and shoot guy. Um, Denny, right now his offense game is a little more polished than Bilal. 
you know, so I, you know, for right now, I don't, I don't want to see Blazard, man. I think he's best served developing on the bench for right now. Long term, I absolutely think he's going to start at the wing, but right now, he's got to work a lot on his offensive game. Well, I think you're on beauty. Yeah, I'm 100% with you. I think Bilal, he, he definitely has a ways to go offensively. That's normal yeah. for a rookie. Uh, we kind of saw that coming out when he was playing with uh, the same team with Victor where, you know, he, he just came onto the scene late. Like, yeah. you know, because yeah. he was on that JV team or the younger team, then he moved up. And then, you know, he he skyrocketed off the, up the draft boards really during the playoffs. And even then he averaged eight points a game. And you saw in the summer league he was up and down as well. Didn't shoot the three ball well. Had you know, it was a roller coaster ride for him. You know, just ball handling. But you saw him get better each game and get under control. Solid passes coming off screens. You know, orchestrating, bringing the ball up, doing different things like that. But uh, he has to get used to the speed of the game. The speed of the game is so yeah. different. Like like you brought up, the guy just closed out and blocked him. Has to get the shot off quicker. Yeah. Did he did score? He did hit a three against the Pacers. But, um, yeah, it's just growing pains. It's growing pains for him. I think defensively he's way further along than what he is offensively at oh, this yeah. point. Uh, has to get stronger, has to get in the weight room, has to work on ball handling. So there's a lot of things that he has to work on at this point. Right now, Denny, Denny is playing well right now. I, I love the way he's playing. Yeah. We know both of us can be hard on Denny, and I really like the way he's playing. He's not going to go out there and put up 25 points or anything like that. He did last year when he was had the turbo run. But right now, Denny is a darn good defender. And he's playing with a lot of confidence, and he's he's playing efficient right now, and he's playing with a lot of confidence, which I love right now. So Denny certainly gives you the best chance to win uh, at that three or four spot. Hey, you got that bag, man. It's like mm-hmm. when you do the laundry, you find that five dollars in your pocket, man. You get a little chippier. <laughs> I'm saying you got that bag, <laughs> right. man. Yeah. So he's motivated. So yeah, I agree with you, man. I like what I see from Denny right now, man. Mm. All right, we'll read one more, and then finish it up um uh, somebody says should kispert be the starter there was another one that yeah i did like as well um johnny davis um i agree with that yeah oh why gafford why do you think we only get gafford this gafford every couple of games because he can't, he doesn't match up well against every center, man. He's right. just not that guy that you can put out there every night and say, "Go put in that work." You know, against your MBs, against your your top tier centers, against your your bigger centers, man, he just struggles. So, but when you find that second unit center who's starting, you know what I'm saying, like Xavier Tillman, he does prosper. So, you know, he's I definitely think he needs to add a little weight, you know, so he can go down there and really muscle with these guys, man. If he is our long term center, which I don't. And I, like I said, I'm a big Gafford fan, man. And, you know, it's, it's not against his game per se. It's just he's very limited. He is what he is. He's a shot blocker who, you know, in the words of John Wall, has to be spoon-fed a little bit. I mean, he can't create shots for himself. You know, he worked on a jump shot somewhat last year, but, you know, he's just – is mostly he's a lob threat at this point, you know, who can defend and often finds himself in foul trouble. So – I think it is a matchup thing. You know, when he goes against these guys like the MBs, I say MB because MB is obviously the guy at the center position as far as the Eastern Conference. But, um, you, you know, you got your Jokic, but he just struggles against your top tier guys. You know, he's got to be able to get stronger and find some post moves, really work on his game in the inside, paint, inside the paint if he wants to fight for that starting position at the center position. 
Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head right there. It just depends on the matchup. If he's playing against Joel Embiid, he's going to struggle. If he's playing against Jokic, any center that just has a physicality uh, advantage or a physical advantage over Gafford, then he's going to struggle. You yeah. know, even some some nights against Mitchell Robinson, he struggles. I think usually he does well against guys like Clint Capella. Yeah. Um, Gobert, I'm trying to remember how he does against Gobert, but yeah, it, it just depends on the matchup. Xavier Tillman certainly was a better matchup for him. Uh, Xavier Tillman's a slower big. He's just, you know, he, he's he's in a, he's more of a backup. And yeah. it's so funny because the Grizzlies are now signing Bismack Biombo. Really beat them, you know, and uh, the Pacers they they did something. I forgot they did a transaction too after we lost. No, uh, coach got an extension. Right? Yeah, it's like they're just rewarding guys. It's, it's, they're always doing something after they play us, but yeah, they. We uh we beat the Grizzlies so badly to the point they were like yeah we we got to go ahead and sign Bismack we we probably should have fooled around and signed Bismack because you know we're a Gafford knock on wood ankle injury away from yeah you know Mascala starting at the five or Gallo starting at the five you talked about Gallo barely barely playing last night you know it probably is because you know he can barely move his feet out yeah. there and, and guys yeah. are just driving past him so um yeah it will be interesting to see how they move. Um, once again, yeah, I'm looking at the stats. Pat Baldwin didn't play as well. Jer- Jerry Bellet didn't play. Ryan Rollins didn't play. But, um, yeah, so uh, when Gaffer has a better matchup and somebody's able to spoon feed him and get him easy buckets, like you said, Brandon, then yeah. he has a great game. But if those things don't happen, then you see him getting three rebounds when it's like you, you should be yeah. getting 10, 11 rebounds every game. He should be, he should really seriously average close to a double double. That's the Gaffer we should really. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. You know, you, you, I think, I mean, that's the perfect goal right there is a double-double. He should. I mean, rebounding, he should be a more polished rebounder. But it comes long strength, man. Yeah, I saw that, man. Shout out to Sugar Diz, man. One, that was a hard one, man. We were both out there tonight, man, or yeah. today, man. That was a tough one. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's all good. We'll wrap it up on this. It's a game they should have won. Oh, it should have won in overtime. Sam Howell threw a bad interception. I hate to blame the refs, but. Um, the Jahan Dawson catch that was a catch, Devontae Smith that was not a yeah. catch. But I run very, he's just got to be faster throwing the tra- challenge flag. It's, it's as simple as that. Well, I mean, real quick, <laughs> EB's got to step it up, man. I mean, what's up with running the ball when you're on your own one yard line or throwing the ball? You run the ball. I, I and then uh, the fourth quarter, man, when it was seven minutes left and we're tied, you banish the clock, you run the ball. I I'm just gonna keep it there, man. <laughs> coaching yeah, it, was, yeah, yeah. Co- coaching was not great either. Uh, Jack Del Rio was bad too, putting four points on AG Brown. Terry McLaurin had two really uncharacteristic drop, yeah. uncharacteristic drops. I was shocked when he dropped those passes back to back. They weren't great throws, but I was yeah. shocked when he dropped the passes. Yeah, it's a hard one, man. So we'll see, man. Shout out to Manchester Sweat. Maybe last time we see him, man. So look, we we we, we love him, man. But <laughs> it's, it's tough sometimes. So. Yes, sir. So thank you guys for a lot for watching and making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. Every day is tomorrow on the show. We will be previewing the game against the Boston Celtics. Uh, should be a good one. Hopefully it's a close one. We'll see. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the notification bell. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.